We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome to this Tuesday edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCready, Clark Ford Studio here coming up. Uh, about 15 minutes, Carrie Murdoch, the publisher of Soonerscoop.com. He'll talk some Oklahoma, some SEC realignment with us uh, on the Raptors Music and Food Hotline. Please. I want to host a bowl game. That's all I want to do. On I want to put it only on our channel. On, on our YouTube channel, I want to host a bowl game. Hawaii and San Jose State. That's fine. That's my new that. goal in life is to host a bowl game on this channel. That's I'm I'm gonna singularly focus on that. We always talk about like what's rich, rich. Rich is when you just buy a bowl game for no real reason, right? <laughs> yeah. Like you just go, ah, I want the bowl game. Yeah. And it's the Arizona Bowl. It's not I mean, look, no. it's not good, but I mean, there are dumber ones. Maybe we could partner with Ryan Brown and them and we could put it in Birmingham and, oh. and call it the magic city bowl or something i don't know well we get like thirty thousand people just because it's in birmingham yeah i mean they like college football they, they, they'll watch anybody they'll watch anybody play i mean they'd put in there for like hoover versus vestavia we can hand out all those damn koozies we got left over it's <laughs> <laughs> a good idea i'm i'm, 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 I'm I, I, I do want to see a prize we're, we're referencing barstool apparently has uh purchased the naming rights to the arizona bowl we're talking no, at the, the same time an as, exclusive Exclusive uh, carriage rights as well. That is correct. Yes, it is only being shown apparently on barstool channels. So whatever. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the stupid world of college football in twenty twenty one. Just getting, getting started into, uh, today. So just plenty of stuff uh, to talk about. We'll uh, talk to Carrie in a minute. We'll do. I'll tell you about the Oxford Exxon Highway Six West in Oxford. Uh, download the Speed Pass Plus app. Use it for uh, earning points, and when you earn points, you save money. They're with all Blue Sky locations in Mississippi. Also, lunch specials at the Oxford Exxon, 569, two sides of bread, 32-ounce drinks, and more. And again, coming to you from the Clark Ford studio. We are. We're coming to you from the Clark Ford studios. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. I was texting with Corey today. He was actually pretty excited. He says they actually have some trucks for sale. Like 10 of them. Which has been been an an issue. issue. Yeah. Getting trucks. There's been demand and not as much supply. So... 
starting to uh, starting to have some supply. So trucks for sale at uh, Clark Ford, 662-257-1900. Call that number. Tell Corey what you're looking for, whether it's a truck or another Ford product, and he'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. Right to the bottom line, no hassle, no haggle. You get your quote. The rest is totally up to you. I uh, can't recommend Clark Ford highly enough. We had a couple of our Clark Ford service last week. Great, great service. Uh, continues long after the sale. So, again, 662-257-1900. Carrie Murdoch and other guests will join us on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Rafters on the Water will be a great place starting tomorrow. Is Wednesday? Yeah, tomorrow evening. Tomorrow. Another hot weekend. Chase and I were talking about the heat. As we were getting set up for the show, it is really hot and steamy and uh, gross out there. So you would enjoy a frozen margarita, frozen daiquiris, great waterfront views as you enjoy a weekend on the water as we get closer and closer to football season. And don't forget, rafters uh, on the square in Oxford as well, and then rafters in New Albany. So kind of the, the couple big news today as we set up this with Kerry here in a few minutes. Uh, number one, the SEC's acknowledged that Texas and Oklahoma have um, officially Did asked for Did you see for, the uh, letter? No, I haven't actually seen the letter. <laughs> the letter is fantastic. It's like three sentences. No hey, joke. Hey, we'd like to come. It's like, hey, uh, we, the University of Texas at Austin and the University of Oklahoma, heretofore named the universities. Would like to join the SEC. We think, on one hand, it would be good for you, and on the other hand, it would be good for us. Holler back. Is I that mean, pretty much it. <laughs> seriously, that's it. I mean, I'm paraphrased a little. There was a little more legalese, but that was it. Not some big detail. You've uh, spent more time writing your kid's book report than you have on that letter. It was the most formality of formality thing then is what they what they needed to do well well i, I did love <laughs> yeah, it was no it was it was literally hey you guys got to send a letter yeah okay all right what's it got to say just apply okay cool <laughs> well i love Sankey going hey look we do not go out and look for members we do not do that but when an opportunity comes well we it, decided to take advantage of it that's the, i actually think that's truth I I've mean, talked. I've but, talked to people today, and I'm telling you, I don't think the SEC ever called Texas and Oklahoma and said, "Hey, you up? Y'all want to come? Yeah, y'all want to join?" They called them about a year ago, and let me just say this: they took the call. And and they, oh, and they took the call, and they've taken more calls since then. It's the other interesting part of this. The other thing that came out today is the way Sankey essentially bent the networks over from the standpoint of if other teams enter the conference, they automatically get paid the same rate of money each year that the other members are using, which rules out the need to increase by certain percentages or any of that. No, ESPN mm -hmm. just, I think, as you said, it makes a little more pie and it just all comes out and everybody gets paid the same thing. As ESPN, long as has, ESPN a, has some refusal rights. As long as it's a tier A school, essentially. As long as it's a school where ESPN yeah. believes their value is is equal or greater than yeah. the teams already in the conference. So, I mean, Tulsa's not joining. Yeah, Texas accounted. Oklahoma accounted. There are a few more that there probably few would more. count. It's an interesting day. Because you know me. I know certain people in media when they mention things there's a reason when jay billis talks about an acc sec merger my antenna goes up that feels really complicated and not right now though doesn't it i mean what does that even look like it looks like when the nfc merged with the afc 
to form the NFL. I go back to eight days ago. Greg but the Sankey, SEC doesn't want half those teams. They don't. SEC wouldn't have to have those teams. They could operate as separate entities, but under the same governing body. But you wouldn't want all your broadcast rights tied up in that. You might not have to have them all tied up. Because you don't. I mean, you don't care if Boston College is in your TV market. No. Syracuse. No. Nor do you want to get tied up in having to send your volleyball team to all those places all yeah, the time. That. But just keep in mind when Jay Billis says that, he didn't just make it up one day on ESPN. Well, of course not. That's all I'm trying to Hello say. Birds, when, it, yeah, when people are like, what are you trying to say? They're going to merge? No. But I'm saying it's different than when Joe8712 on Twitter says it. When Jay Billis sits on ESPN, Jay Billis, who played at Duke and is super connected in ACC land. Almost as much as anybody. Yeah. Maybe more than anybody. Yeah. When Jay Billis says that, you go, ooh. When Jay Billis says, if I were the commissioner of the ACC, I think I'd be on the phone with the SEC about a merger. His words, a merger. Mm-hmm. If that doesn't raise your antenna, you're not paying attention to the game. So, frankly, it would look, I mean, from what we're talking about, it almost could potentially look more like the National League and the American League merging. Yes. Because you still stayed opposite. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, NFC, AFC yeah. became the NFL. Yeah. But I mean, my point is, like, not even, maybe not interleague even. Like, we're yeah. just doing yeah, whatever. We're just going to kind of do our things. We have a commissioner. I don't know. Look, I'm not saying that's going to happen next week or anything. Yeah, I think we're a minute from I mean, we're going to have carry on in a minute. Oklahoma and Texas did their little letter today. Mm -hmm. The SEC presidents are going to have their little formal vote. It's going to be 14 to nothing on Thursday. Oh, it's already Thursday? It's Thursday. (laughs) And then on Friday, Oklahoma and Texas are each holding board of trustees meetings where they're going to talk about Conference matters. Conference matters. <laughs> I love the agenda. It's one of my favorite parts. I mean, <laughs> I mean, forgive me for a minute, everybody. If you got kids in the car, hit the fast forward button one time. This shit's done. It's what I love about this. From a formality standpoint, you can't get your taxes done as quickly no. as they run into this conference. You can't get a haircut this fast. Yeah. Or so I've heard. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean... The whole thing is hilarious, in a, in a fun way, in a good way. I mean, I'm laughing at it, but the Pac-12's having their thing today, media days. That dude has no ability to answer a lot of these questions. He's just going, ah. He gave a real interesting no comment on Texas Tech. Oh, did he really? Yeah. So they've had people reach out. I know that. Sure. And well, the, yeah, if you're in the Big 12, you got to go. And, and the rumor is pretty strong about the Big 10 going, hey, we probably ought to get proactive here because here's why. The Big Ten's terrified about Ohio State and Michigan leaving. Yeah, Adam. The letter read 2025, but that just is waiting on another team to pull out of the Big 12 so that all gets blown to hell and back. Yeah, that was a formality so that they couldn't get sued today. Because they're not trying to leave their contract early. They're trying not to to breach any contracts. They're the pointing moment. out that, yes, our grant of rights goes through June the 30th, 2025, so we'd like to join you on Ju- July the 1st. And their lawyer was laughing as he wrote that. Of course. Yeah. Uh, Kenneth, thanks for the super chat. Before we get to Kerry, he says, do you think the SEC goes after Clemson, FSU, Miami, and UNC? Uh, I don't know. I think right now it's to those schools want to bolt. 
couple of them might. It's not really about what the SEC's going after. I don't think the SEC's out hunting just yet. There's no reason for them to go out hunting right now. No. What are you hunting for? I mean, I think there will be a 16-team SEC for a couple of years. At least. Yeah, it... I don't know. These things, once they roll, once the ball starts rolling, it goes down the hill fast. Because we don't know what the other leagues are going to do. We don't know what they look like. Um, the ACC has a money problem compared to the Big Ten and the SEC. A huge money problem. The Pac-12 is just poorly managed. It's just a train wreck out there. It's a disaster. In all ways. And they're worried sick. Because what they can get isn't enough to move dials enough to actually change no. their... No, and, and if USC, the University of Southern Cal, were to don't. call the SEC and go, hey, you know, South is in our name. <laughs> Southern California. I mean, if you're the SEC, you got to go, wait, USC? They go, hey, we're more South than Missouri. Draw the line. USC? Interesting. What would you do at that point? USC goes, we're, we want in. Now, you now know it doesn't interfere with your pieces of pie. You just called ABC. they would count, yeah. You called Disney and go, hey, can you bake a bigger pie? Who's coming? USC, yeah, yeah, sure. We'll, yeah. Throw, some more, we'll throw some more ingredients yeah. in. They get their $43 million too, sure. Yeah. Some pretty fascinating stuff out there, by the way, about just how big of a brand Texas is, just how big of a brand Oklahoma is. More than, well, more than half of all the TV value of the Big Twelve is tied up in those two teams. Yeah, we need to call Care. Uh, we'll uh, do that on the Raptors Music and Food Hotline now. Neil, getting that, uh, getting that started at the moment. I have a feeling. Yep, I'm about to do it. This little FaceTime thing, he doesn't like you when you. They, they don't like you to. While Neil's doing that, I'll tell you about Community Mortgage, Oxford, Memphis, Soto County, and Chattanooga. All earning a processing done in Memphis. They're going to look underwriting and understand your market. A leader in condo financing, the float down option, and more. You can find Jason at 662-234-2704 or J-L-O-W-E at communitymtg.com. The Oxford Exxon Podcast brought to you by 7 South Tailgating. Kyle Thornton and the people at 7 South have been with us for a while, and the Grove will be back open and full capacity this fall. The team at 7 South Tailgating will be there to serve any tailgating needs you may have. It's your one-stop shop for all things tailgating at Ole Miss. They provide a level of service that's unlike any other. Their team's passionate about serving fellow Rebels, and it shows. So if you use their service once, you'll never tailgate without them again. To lock in a tailgating package for this fall, you can visit their site, 7southtailgating.com, and submit a request. Or you can feel free to call them directly at 662-321-1682. Also brought to you by Game Changer Patch Company. Game Changer Patch Company developed their own custom blend for treating hangovers several years ago to help reduce dehydration, prevent sleep deprivation, and help process alcohol. It's the only two-patch system available on the market. The warm-up patch is used before or while you drink. The overtime patch used after you've been drinking and while you sleep. Need to get in touch with them. I use this during my vacation. Uh, some of the drinking on the beach, you'll be glad that you did it. It absolutely works. So get in touch with them. Gamechangerpatch.com. Gamechangerpatch.com. Enter promo code REBELGROVE20 at checkout for 20% off your order. Also brought to you by Automation and Control Systems, LLC. Uh, Clay McNutt and the folks there in Baldwin, Mississippi, have been running ACS since 2013. It's a complete electrical control system solution provider and a Rockwell Automation Recognized System Integrator. They've got a full-time dedicated emergency service and troubleshooting staff and a UL508A panel shop. 
They can custom tailor software packages, custom design, electrical control panel solutions, and much more. It's ACSLLCMS.com or 662-601-4381. Be a part of history this summer with the Oxford Park Commission. They're hosting their first fall volleyball league for girls October through November. The leagues are open for ages 9 to 14. The cost is $50 per player. Go to OxfordParkCommission.com today to find out additional information or to sign up. And girls cheerleading, sisters, you can cheer on uh, the brothers during Oxford Park Commission's youth flag football this fall. Cheerleading is one of the new offerings for girls ages 7 to 14. OxfordParkCommission.com, two cheer seasons, one for football, one for basketball. The cost is $50. Also brought to you by Pinpoint Commercial Real Estate, based out of Jackson, Mississippi. They service the entire state in all commercial asset classes, such as retail, office, industrial, and land. Sam Cox, B.B. Mitchell, or Ole Miss graduates, they utilize their unique skill sets to execute on assignments and increase value for their clients. This week's property spotlight is on the village at Madison, 60,000 square feet of retail, restaurant, and professional office space along with roughly 75 zero-lot-line residences, with Pinpoint handling the leasing for the commercial portion of the development. It's uh, located on the corner of Madison Parkway and Main Street in Madison, Mississippi. You really need to check that out. So to learn more, get in touch with Sam and BB at 601-586-3220. Blue Delta Jeans makes the best-fitting, most comfortable jeans in the world because they are uniquely made for you and only you. Raw denim jeans, custom fit, hand-tailored in Tupelo, Mississippi. One size fits one at BlueDeltaJeans.com. Get in touch with them today. Visit uh, their website and uh, check out their virtual tailor. You can be measured and design your own jeans in just a couple minutes. And Blue Delta will make sure you're looking great for the first kick of football season in September. You can get 10% off your purchase by using Rebel Grove at BlueDeltaJeans.com or in the Oxford studio. Also brought to you by Lamons Fine Jewelry. Lamons at 1126 North Lamar Boulevard in Oxford. has been serving the Oxford area for more than 73 years. From engagement rings to wedding rings to fine jewelry, watches, pearls, fashion jewelry, and more. It's the gold standard in fine jewelry. LamonsFineJewelry.com or call them at 662-234-2777. Comer Heating and Air has been serving you for more than 50 years in um professional HVAC experience here in the Oxford, Tupelo, and surrounding areas, 662-801-1777. If you're having uh, cooling issues or you just want to make sure your uh, unit is in tip-top shape, 662-801-1777. And we're brought to you by the College Corner, your one-stop rebel shop, two locations in the Jackson area, also collegecornerstore.com, plus you can find them on Facebook and Instagram. Whether you're tailgating in Oxford or homegating with friends and family, the College Corner has you covered for game day, the largest selection of Rebel gear in central Mississippi. Hey, Carrie, how are you? I'm there. I'm here. All right, good. Carrie Murdoch covers Oklahoma for Soonerscoop.com. Carrie, you're live, by the way. Yeah, he knows. Just, he okay, knows. Just letting you know. Carrie is uh, one of the really. Am I not allowed to curse? Is that what you're telling me? We are we are not affiliated with the FCC in any way. So go ahead. Whatever I've you'd already, like to... I've already said Shit, one. Yeah, I've already I've already dropped one. Yeah, so it's we're all good. I was I I I thought we were going to FaceTime, which is a lot of angst for me. Uh, so I had props ready. I had my Coke bottle ready to go. I thought that's just what you have to do in the SEC. 
So it just wasted, I guess. My props are wasted. Yeah, when's the last time you had a golden flake chip, Kerry? Yeah. That's really the question. I have. I mean, they have those in Tulsa. Those are okay. those are all over the place in Tulsa, but they're not a huge Oklahoma City. I know former Oklahoma State coach Pat Jones uh, has been a spokesperson for Golden Flake uh, in the state, so he's the he's the expert. I'll have to go get some free stuff from him, maybe. Oh, get ready, they're all over Birmingham. Yeah, Don't worry. Yeah. The, the, the dill pickle Golden Flake chip is in abundance in the in the in, in the Magic. I'm, I'm a big dill pickle chip guy. Okay. And at SEC Media Days last week, it was there was we made the strong shift to Dr Pepper. Dr. Really? Pepper product, Dr. Pepper products everywhere at SEC. Disgusting oh, really? swill, Dr. Pepper. Not a fan. I'm not a fan of they it They still either. have Sunkissed? You know what? This was the first year that I did not even go to the soda machine. Okay. And so I don't know. Neil usually has soda one time a year, and it's an orange soda at SEC Media <laughs> yeah. Days. It's a tradition. I, I will die with Dr. Pibb. That's going to be really? my drink of choice oh, when, wow. when it comes to the antifreeze tasting liquid is, is, is that just like an anti-texas thing or what, what, what we got carrie what's, what's the... i think mr pib was more of a northern thing but you can still get they call it pib extra now um okay. but you can find it in texas yes okay it's I, I like it a lot better than doctor it's essentially the same thing as dr pepper okay i think like sam's club has like dr thunder that's, that's another yeah, that's correct well and you're a thunder fan so that would make sense yeah yeah but i yeah Anyway, What's, we're done here, I think, with the, thunder, with the uh, Dr. Pepper talk. All right, so, I, I mean, I could make the joke and go, been a slow week, huh? But it's been, what, tell me, take me through for you, because I'm fascinated. I was, literally, so here's, here's my little story about how I found out about this. And I talked to you on Thursday, and maybe I told you this. I'm standing in the lobby of the Winfrey Hotel where they do SEC Media Days in Birmingham. Uh, you'll, you'll learn to hate it. And, uh I've been there many times. Oh, okay. Well, I stand corrected. Um, I was standing in there talking to Ross Bjork, the Texas A&M AD, the former old wow. AD, and, and we're just talking. I mean, we're, I'm actually was making fun. Of, I was making cult jokes. Yeah. And he was cracking up, and and, <laughs> and, and and he was making jokes, and it was funny. You would have never known that five to ten minutes later, and that's what it was, uh, the Houston Chronicle would, would break that story, and all hell would break loose. Um involving Ross Bjork and Texas A&M. So take me through, I guess, your Wednesday. How much of a heads up did you have that this was coming, and, and what's it been like since then? First off, zero heads up. No idea anything like this was even brewing, was even being talked about, was even being discussed, was even hatched behind the scenes, um, which is a miracle in itself because – if you cover Oklahoma, it's like now you're kind of seeing it like nothing ever stays a secret in Austin, Texas. Uh, and someone, there's so many people involved in that program, donors, uh, people that have information that everything leaks out of that place. I mean, it's amazing that Chris Del Conte was able to keep this under wraps uh, like he did and that it didn't leak out and didn't become a, a big deal. Uh, but, you know, Joe Castiglione at Oklahoma, he is, you know, he's very good at keeping things internal. Uh, and, you know, it is a program historically uh, that is very difficult to get inside information out of. And uh, there are plenty of times when I've broken information uh, and 
I just get this quizzical look from Joe Castiglione. He's like, how in the hell did you find that out? Like, I tried to keep that in a wrap so hard. Uh, and I never tell him, but he, we just kind of laugh about it. And, you know, we have a, a very good relationship now to where we talk every couple of days, pretty much. Um, and he actually just sent me a text yesterday back from the multitude of texts that I had sent uh, saying, hey, you know, I know I haven't responded, but I'm looking forward to talking to you when I can. Um, so. When this came down, total shock for me. Like, couldn't believe it. And then I start, like, trying to piece things together as Brent Zwerman from the Houston Chronicle that put it together. Uh, and I'm like, how do they keep it a secret this long and then have it blow up in A&M's face when they're not just, not just during SEC Media Days, but at SEC Media Days, the day they're there. Five minutes before Jimbo Fisher went to the big room. I mean, literally, it was it was within minutes of Jimbo Fisher's appearance at SEC Media Days. I mean, that's insane. And then you start putting two and two together, and I knew what had happened. I mean, like instinctively, you know, instinctually, I knew. Um, well, A and M just found out about this, and they got pissed off, and so they leaked it, and that's how it got out there. Uh, and then you know. Like, we're going through the thing now of where some people are coming out and saying, oh, A&M knew about it, and others are like, no, they didn't. They were blindsided. And I truly believe they were blindsided by it because I was blindsided by it. Uh, and so that happens, and the, all these questions are coming through your head, and I'm just thinking, like, my God, Joe Castiglione just, just pulled off the most savage thing that the University of Oklahoma has ever done. They just shit on an entire conference and said, we're getting the hell out of here, and you guys fend for yourselves. I've never known OU to operate this way before. But, of course, they have a new president now. David Bourne is long retired. Uh, Joseph Harris, the former dean of the law school, is in charge now. So they, I, it, it really, more than anything, I thought, wow, this is a new era for the University of Oklahoma in operating this way. What has the reaction been? On your site, among OU fans, what I've seen has been overwhelmingly excited, I think would be the word, but you, you have a much better feel of the pulse than I do. People hated this conference. Uh, they've hated it for a long time. They felt like, you know, it's like anything else. It's like if you, if someone has something and it gets taken away from them, they're always going to long for that. It's like, um, you know, if, if uh, you get dumped by a girl uh, and that makes her more you you makes you want her more. I mean, it's like, hey, why are Ben Affleck and J Lo back together again? Probably because he's been pi I mean he he got married, had children, and then is now back with her. Like they broke up and he always wanted to go back to that. Like so Nebraska, uh Missouri, A and M, maybe not for Texas, uh Colorado, like I miss going to Boulder. Like that's a that was a part of my life. It's a beautiful city. Uh, beautiful college town. I miss going there every other year, and I've always missed it, and I will always miss it. So it's like you, you've you focused on what you've lost in this conference if you're an Oklahoma fan as much as you have you know the, the teams that are there because every year that schedule comes out and you're reminded, oh, this shitty group of home games. You got TCU <laughs> and Baylor and Kansas State. Like, we're, we're Oklahoma. Like, we're supposed to be playing Nebraska. We're supposed to be playing you know, national powers, like that's what we are. So it, it just became this really, it, it, it was toxic almost. Like every time, every time something would happen, just like with the horns down stuff, like 
you know, when 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 the Big Twelve as a conference said, well, if you if you do the horns down, it's going to be a penalty. It would escalate into these epic proportions of meltdowns to where the fans are like, I believe in con- I don't want to use an f bomb on you, uh, but you know this conference it sucks. It I hate it. I don't know why we're in. Like every time something would happen, or you there would be a loss, or um, you know just something, you know someone would get hurt, or you'd have to play a backup in a game. Like it would always get blamed on the Big Twelve conference, and it just it just became to where the fans got you know annoyed being in this conference more than they enjoyed being in it. Is it? <laughs> it's funny to me because the SEC people that I've encountered and I've I've gauged a lot of things. They they already sort of like Oklahoma and they already have a natural hate for Texas. Is that just sort of the way this thing works? <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. I mean, Texas is going to do something to come off arrogant. I mean, they are. I mean, like right now you're wondering, is Texas going to organize a way to buy themselves out of this before OU can buy themselves out of it? Like that would be arrogant move. Number one, uh, is for Texas to be like, well, we got our money. You guys figure it out. Because uh, that's what they do. That's Texas. That's how they act. I mean, it's just they can't help themselves. It's like, I know you guys, I'm, I'm really curious, like, just how batshit crazy does A&M look now compared to when they joined your league? Like, because you've had to find out all these quirks and, uh, like you said, talking about cults and things like that. It's a freaking cult. Like, it is so bizarre. A&M is so weird. And it, it, it only escalates when you go there and cover a game yep. and you see yep. – Yo, why are so many women wearing overalls? Like, where on earth do you find that? You know, where else does that happen? It doesn't happen anywhere. It's just like the, both of these teams are huge, huge universities. They both have quirks. They're exactly opposite in in how they view life. Uh, and it's just, I mean, it's a lot to take in. Both of them at the same time, it's a lot to take like we're uh, uh, Oklahoma is so low maintenance compared to both of those schools in the past. And maybe there's more Oklahoma media. So this isn't possible. But when you're covering a given college station, did the A&M media like move away from everybody else? Like we had a gap between us and the A&M media. Like it, it's almost like they didn't even want anybody to invade their bubble as we were down there. Yeah. I mean, they're they're while all, I, the, while I, all the rings are bashing the table nonstop. <laughs> oh man. I mean, you know, I, I didn't really have a problem with their media other than I let's face it, guys. I mean, if you've covered college football for any period of time, media is just different now than it was, you know, ten years ago. I mean, you have yeah. so many you bloggers think? and so many kids and it's 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 turned into kind of like um almost like uh sweatshop sweatshoppy. I mean to where you know you have these kids that are making like twenty grand if a year to cover a team full time, uh, versus you know all the newspapers have folded, all the established journalists have retired uh, or just checked out, and and you have so many people that are actually talented that decide I'm going to go do something else with my life. I'm going to go join. You know if I'm going to I'm going to do this for a living, I'm going to go do PR. So I, I you know I it's just being in the media is so different now, uh, and there's so the the. I guess the 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 tent poles of of journalism have changed to where I think you know you see rivals and in, in other 
team sites that have become the bigger outlets that cover teams versus newspapers now. Um, uh, But I can see A&M morphing into something really weird in that environment. So I saw today where Texas and OU sent their letter, and the letter was like, hey, you guys asked for a letter. Here it is. It's like three sentences. <laughs> <laughs> the letter is, I laughed out loud. I read the letter like 10 times. It took me 45 seconds cumulatively to read it 10 times. And I laughed every time because the letter was just – you could almost see Sankey calling him going, hey, you guys do have to formally do this. And them saying, like, what do you need? Ah, just a paragraph real quick. Just, just tell us – Tell us you want to come, and we'll we'll meet on Thursday. So they're going to meet on Thursday. They're going to rubber stamp this. It's going to be fourteen to nothing because Texas A and M's probably going to vote no, and and Sankey's going to say you voted yes, and that's going to be that. And then, <laughs> well, that's what I said. They'll either they'll either release that it was fourteen nothing, or they'll release that they were accepted and just not mention that A and M voted no, even though A and M because that's the thing. Like A and M desperately wants their fan base to feel validated in that at least they voted no because they are led around by their fan base. So and on, just much the way that Texas is, by their donors maybe. Yeah, well, it's, it's one of the big problems. So Friday, Texas and OU are going to have separate meetings with boards of trustees or whatever, board of regents or whatever it is that we call it at different places. Yeah. What's coming of that? That's, hey, we're bolting. Let's figure out a way to do this quicker than, than – uh, July 1 of 2025, I'm guessing? I think that's some of it. I think they'll be, you know, they'll probably go into executive sessions and, uh, you know, be presented with the options that they have at that time. Um, you know, there's there's some talk out there that, you know, the money that will be used to buy this out will be the money from ESPN uh, that they were going to pay the Longhorn Network, and that's how, the you know, these guys get out of it. I just... I have a hard time thinking that Texas is going to foot the bill for Oklahoma on this deal. Um, I guess if it's ESPN's money, though, you know, I, here's the thing. It's so insulting that the letter was so tiny like that because <laughs> I've literally spent two days just combing through the Big 12's very confusing bylaws trying to figure out, you know, uh, what a what a supermajority is and what is a uh, a notice date and what is an interim period and like all this shit and you're gonna throw out a we're done you know just a, like a one one sentence uh you know you should have at least had to pay a lawyer to, to look that over i hope i mean um but yeah i mean it's it's the the, the one thing about the bylaws that is not really negotiable is the payout like everything else like term uh when you can leave all this stuff, it all says it's negotiable, but the buyout is ironclad. Like you're paying uh, the last two years in revenue plus penalties and fees. Um, and you know what that number is, that's up to the Big 12 to come up with. And they can pretty much make it whatever they want it to. Uh, and I'm sure, you know, I, I don't even know if it's a progress to the point where they know what the Big 12 is going to ask for, if there's even been a uh, if negotiations have even started, so I don't know how you really talk that much about it if you're Texas or the or Oklahoma uh, when it comes to your border regions. But maybe that's all they tell them is like, look, here's where we go now. We've been accepted. Now we're getting into the negotiation phase, and we'll continue to meet as we need to. For the people who have not seen the letter, this is the letter in its entirety. It won't take but a minute. 
Dear Commissioner Sankey, the University of Texas at Austin and the University of Oklahoma, the universities, request invitations for membership to the Southeastern Conference, the SEC, starting on July 1, 2025. We believe that there would be mutual benefit to the universities on the one hand and the SEC on the other hand for the universities to become members of the SEC. We look forward to the prospect of discussions regarding this matter. Sincerely, Jay Hartzell, President of the University of Texas at Austin, and Joseph Haraz Jr., President of the University of Oklahoma. That's the letter. You don't have to have the law degree from Yale to throw that one together. That's a quickie. It's just fascinating. It, it, I mean, I, I remain blown away that so you don't think Texas A&M knew. This, this- I really I don't because I just think, you know, I saw the, you know, the, the media tour that was going on and the way that Jimbo Fisher seemed befuddled when he was asked about it. Like that's when Ross Bjork was talking to whoever it was, I, I think it was a, a walk off uh, session he was having with reporters. But the way that he was taped and talking about we want to be the only school in Texas in the SEC like that's I, I, I'm pretty good at reading kind of body language and, and, you know, intent. And like that was a man that had just found out and was literally shaking from head to toe with anger, like, and could not wait to get in front of a camera and, and vent, uh, and tell the world how pissed off he was. So, and if anybody's going to know, it would be, I mean, first your president's going to know. And there's some talk like, well, they went through A&M's president and, and he knew, but you would let your athletic director know if something like that was going on. If, if you are going to be invaded by your hated rival in your own conference that, you really looked as the kind of the trump card for your entire program. What's the rest of the Big 12 going to do? I mean, this is not going to be – I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I know there's laws and there's bylaws and all that, and I get it completely, and I, I admire that you dug in and started reading through them, but it's kind of like the married couple, right, that says, hey, we're, we're going to stay together until the kids graduate. Once that decision sort of announced – and they're no longer sort of fighting to keep the marriage together, the marriage doesn't last much longer. They never make it all the way to the graduation date. How, how in the world is this even manageable for the rest of the, I mean, the Ohio, Ohio, that's a Freudian slip because that could be out there too, uh, for, uh, for Texas and, and Oklahoma to even deal with these guys for more than, a, well, you know, one more academic year. You know, it's been interesting to kind of see the statements that have been crafted by the presidents of these universities uh, outside of uh, the Oklahoma State president who just jumped off the crazy train and went to town. He did. Uh, it basically called Oklahoma traitors to the state, um, which is it was the most glorious thing that I've read in a very long time on Twitter. I mean, I commend her. Um, but it's all been this combination of we're still powerful, we're, we're still attractive, we're going to be okay. Uh, and I don't know, I would recommend anyone go and watch the Iowa State video between their president and Jamie Pollard, because it's fascinating. It looks like they're set up at Ernest Hemingway's Lodge somewhere in front of a giant fireplace. Um, it, I mean, and it's all, yeah, it's all been the same thing, which it's a mixed message, which it's, you know, we're going to stay together and make Oklahoma pay and Texas pay, but hey, call me. I mean, it's <laughs> it's just like 
I don't think they know what's going to happen. And, you know, the funny thing about it is, any like Oklahoma State, like if they called the president, if the SEC called the president and said, hey, we'd like you too, they'd be like, okay, we're there. Like, no longer, we'll be traitors to the state. You bet. If we can go to the SEC. I, I mean, the goal is to stay together. And I think I, saw, I read Max Olson's uh, story about this yesterday. It was really good. He was talking about how Oklahoma and Texas left uh, the the Big 12 on fire. They left it, and, and it was on fire. Uh, and his kind of close was, are you going to pick up a fire extinguisher or a flamethrower to deal with the conference? Uh, because no one knows and no one can trust each other uh, if they're not out there working through back channels to try and get the hell out of the conference, too. So it's it's made to fall apart at this point. And, I mean, they have to have six of the eight schools vote to dissolve the conference. Uh, but, I, you know, someone was asking me this yesterday, like, well, what happens if it gets to two? And my thought, well, there's there's got to be – that's got to make the television contracts fall apart if you get below a certain number. Like, I would imagine Fox and ESPN – although I don't know how much of a shit ESPN gives, uh, they have an expectation that, okay, Oklahoma and Texas have gone. You need to find two other teams to continue uh, you know, getting paid by us to, to broadcast your football games because you can't just have an eight-team league. Uh, so, I, well, I well mean, and on top of that, not to interrupt you, but I saw today someone had broken it down. It was one of the reputable media people who write about media and i can't remember who i sent it to myself and i can't find it now which is par for the course um of the top 10 big 12 related football games from a rating standpoint only one did not involve uh oklahoma or texas and most of them were oklahoma versus texas <laughs> I mean, it was like the only one like of all time. The all all big well, it was games. it was like over yeah, it was, a five year. It was like since twenty sixteen okay. or twenty seventeen or whatever. There was one where Ohio State played Baylor. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. I, that Ohio was State played. Somewhere. I mean, well, maybe in a bowl game that what could have happened. Uh? Yeah, this was just programming that the that was involved in in the Big 12's TV contract, and for the most okay. part, it was just. Maybe it was Ohio State, TCU. I don't know. Something like that. But for the most part, it was just Oklahoma playing somebody. It was Texas, LSU, Texas, Oklahoma, another Texas, Oklahoma. It was Oklahoma versus Tennessee or somebody. And then it was another Texas, Oklahoma. It was ridiculous. And they basically looked at it and said it was like 63% of the Big 12 TV contract money was a direct result of Oklahoma's presence and Texas's presence. Well, and see, that's that's how. If you want to talk about where this went off the tracks, it's there. And I, I you know, it's interesting because Nebraska and Missouri and A and M and Colorado they ended up getting jaded because at that time, if you appeared in more television games with the with the tier one partners you would get more revenue. Uh, and they got fed up with that approach and because other leagues weren't doing it that way. And so the Big 12 went to an equal revenue distri- distribution after those teams left, and they said, okay, we're not going to have this problem anymore. Uh, we're going to distribute revenue equally regardless of you know whether you're on the Tier 1 or the Tier 2 um, you know, 
television schedule. And so what happened was what you just mentioned, Oklahoma heavily carried the load. Texas carried some of the load. Uh, and OU kept getting screwed because, it, for instance, Joe Castiglione went out and made a big deal to get – this is the 50th anniversary of what's called the Game of the Century uh, between Nebraska and Oklahoma. Uh, happened in 1971. I wasn't even born yet. And, you know, Nebraska famously left the conference. They haven't played. Uh, and Joe Castiglione set up this matchup to honor the 50th anniversary. And it was expected it's going to be a great Saturday in Norman. It's going to be a celebration of the past. It'll be a celebration of this rivalry that was once great. Um, I mean, people used to, the day after Thanksgiving, watch OU Nebraska. Like, that's what everybody across the country used to do. 30 years ago. It was the most one of the most anticipated sporting events on the calendar for the yeah, entire year. Sure. And and so here's the game. It's going to be in your mind you build up it's going to be at night. The entire, you know, college football will stand up and take notice. And because of the television contract, Fox got the game and their biggest game is at 11 a.m. and Everyone hates 11 a.m. It was supposed to be a big recruiting weekend, but you can't fly in kids from California and from other states uh, because they have games on Friday nights and they can't even get up you know, to, to Norman for a, a big recruiting weekend. And so they announced at 11 a.m., and I don't know if you guys remember this, like Joe Castiglione went out of his way to put out a scathing statement about how disappointed he was in their television partners that they could not accommodate a better time slot for this game than 11 a.m., uh, and you know the wheels were already in motion at that point, but that's exactly the kind of crap that Joe Castiglione and that OU fans were sick of being in the Big 12 Conference. The Oxford Exxon Podcast is brought to you by Pinnacle. Pinnacle is also home to the Pinnacle Trust 401k advisory services team. They'll conduct a complimentary, no-obligation benchmarking and analysis of your current 401k plan. Mentioned that you heard about Pinnacle Trust and the Oxford Exxon podcast. They'll be uh, make it worth your while that you did. We're also brought to you by John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. John's part of Virtuoso, worldwide network of travel partners, allows him to supply his clients with added values, unique benefits, simply not available to other travelers. It's a lot of great sports travel packages out there right now. The uh, 2022 World Cup in Qatar. The Masters in Augusta, Georgia. The Super Bowl in Los Angeles in February. All of those trips, trip packages that uh, John and the people there at Regency Travel can put together for you. Just get in touch with them. Give them a budget. Give them some parameters. They'll give you options. And no, you don't have to live in or near Memphis to take advantage of the services. 901-494-3387 or Edwards at regencytravel.net. First-time clients can save $50 off the first book trip just by telling John you heard about Regency Travel on the podcast. Also brought to you by Grenada Nissan. If you're in the market for a Nissan vehicle, Grenada Nissan's the place to go. They've got a complete selection of new and previously owned Nissan vehicles. GrenadaNissanUSA.com. Also brought to you by Whitney McNutt, Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors, serving you for all your real estate needs in Oxford and Tupelo. Whitney sells condos, land, commercial, and residential family homes. You can get in touch with her at 662-567-2573 or 662-842-3844. Brought to you by Alpha Specialties, located at 1670 Highway 80 in Pearl, Mississippi. It's your trailer-specific professional. If you want to haul it, they can call it. 
at Alpha. They're the premium trailer dealership in Mississippi. They've got Load Trail, the premium brand trailer, the highest quality utility equipment dump and gooseneck trailers being built today. They also have Hallmark Cargo Trailers, one of the most quality cargo trailers on the market. They can even work with third parties to have game day trailers, concession trailers built just for you. For podcast listeners, Alpha has spare tires and wheels starting at just $100, a full selection of trailer parts and accessories, hitches, winches, straps, and more. They also do all types of truck accessories, and uh, listeners can get 10% off a yearly trailer service and inspection at Alpha's full service shop. They repair all types of trailers, concession, horse, utility, enclosed, gooseneck, RV, and more. 601-932-9798 or check them out at alphaofms.com. And uh, make sure you tell them you heard about Alpha on the MPW Digital Network of Podcast. And we're brought to you by The Rogue. The Rogue is your destination for fine men's clothing. Their stylist hand-select pieces from top designers from work to lifestyle to nightlife, there's the perfect something for everyone at The Rogue. All the best items from Peter Millar, Martin Dingman, Jack Victor, Halsey, True Grit, and more. 4450 I-55 North in Jackson or therogue.com. And we're brought to you by Joey Erickson at Heron Gear Chevrolet in Jackson. Let him help you find the vehicle you're looking for at a price you can afford. Choose from a full selection of new Chevy vehicles or get a great deal on numerous brands of reliable pre-owned vehicles. Just give Joey a call or a text on his cell, 662-571-2367. Tell him what you're looking for. Stop by 1685 High Street in Jackson to test drive that new or used vehicle you've been wanting. Let him earn your business. And with any purchased vehicle, just mention the Oxford Exxon podcast or the Soft Verbal podcast, and you get a $50 gas card. I will forewarn you you probably should tell your people that the sec does a lot of this 11 a.m stuff too but it's but it is not typically only maybe only once a year is it kind of a primetime game it's usually a, a warm-up game right yeah you know right yeah well the they have the, the problem 11. is every time oh you had their biggest games they were at 11 a.m yeah they got it's ridiculous yeah it, it, the sec's got this 11 a.m kick that comes on immediately on espn after game day that's the one that better matchups will kind of get screwed on a little bit because there's some weeks where that's the number two time slot for the networks. Uh-huh. And it just kind of And happens. I'm sure they want to kind of, you know, kick the Fox around a little bit if they can by putting a decent game there. Yeah, for sure. But the, yeah, but they've had that 2.30 afternoon is the, the big slot and they've had a 6.30 or 6.45 slot that's been the other big slot. So they've they've done enough to pretty much a comp like you've never seen the last few years alabama lsu don't play at 11 a.m i mean that game's been at night and prime time and they they've got more and then supposedly and i tend to believe this with the new deal that clearly whether texas a&m was in on it or not the people at disney slash espn knew damn well that texas and oklahoma were probably joining the sec sooner rather than later because the deal was incredibly friendly but they're supposedly creating a lot more primetime opportunities for, for league games. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, OU Texas every year, it's in, you know, it's in the area of Dallas called Fair Park, which um, if you're around there at night, you, there's a good chance you get murdered. I mean, it's a terrible part of Dallas. Uh, but there's a reason they don't have night games. So everyone's used to that being either an 11 a.m. or a 2.30 kick. So, um, you know, if he has – I mean, if, if – ESPN comes in and, and that makes this, you know, what used to be the CBS game of the week at 2.30, 
OU fans would love that. I mean, they love 230 because that gives you time to go out and get drunk at the fair um, <laughs> before the game starts. Yeah, yeah, of course. By so, the way, it, and I, I would definitely recommend anyone. I mean, I know, you know, Neil, we've talked about, you know, I, our fans are excited about, you know, and our subscribers excited about, you know, checking out the Grove. And uh, everybody's heard about that. They know it's a big deal. They want to see it. Uh, drinking a beer out of a wax paper cup at the state fair is one of the best tasting beers that you ever you'll ever have in your life. Well, you know, I told you this. My daughter looked at Oklahoma, and I think had I not screwed up the trip and said, "Hey, you know, we could break up the trip. We could stop in Fayetteville on the way." I actually believe Campbell would be getting ready for her junior year at OU right now. And there's a part of me that remains a little disappointed that that did not happen. So you blame yourself a little bit. Oh, it's totally my fault because it was me thinking we could break the drive up. Had you not just done an Oklahoma trip? Had we just gone to Oklahoma, I'm literally convinced that she's at OU today. But you let her see Fayetteville first, get a little tired. She, well, she, and she saw Fayetteville first, and Fayetteville's really pretty, and it reminded her of Oxford a little bit, I think, in some ways. And They're both great towns. Yeah, Fayetteville's a great town. Yeah, it's a great town. I mean, yeah, it's the, the secret other than one Their or two. Their cops are really fast. They can chase down <laughs> quarterbacks. Yeah, that's where Baker was, right? Yes, that's where Baker got arrested, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. So uh, you, you talk about the fans. What are the what are the places that the fans are excited about in the league? I mean, I think everywhere. I you know, it's like, and I don't like when you've been places when you're younger. Like everybody's kind of there's been like you know renewal at just about everywhere you've been. But I still wonder like. Is Starkville like Stillwater in the eighties? Like, did they just never improve anything there? Yes. Because all I remember about you know, I loved uh, watching Mississippi State baseball growing up, uh, but I always remember those chain link fences in the outfield. I just, for me, like that's Starkville in my brain. Like Starkville is a bunch of chain link fences. And I know it's not that way anymore. They did fix uh, up the baseball. The, stadium. the baseball stadium yes. is phenomenal. It's really I mean, nice. Yeah, we'll give but, them that. Um. Part of their problem is that to get to their campus and to get to the things, you don't see the part of town they've actually kind of revitalized a little bit. You just see interstate coming in and pasture. So unless you're really taking a tour through the town, you don't see anything else. It all looks still like the 80s coming into town and seeing whatever you have to see to get there. But, yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of OU fans have been to Tuscaloosa. The stadium has really been upgraded since they've been there back in the you know early 2000s. Um, you know, I guess I've been to just about everywhere, but I think one, one place that I think we've heard more than anything that you got to go there is Athens. I've heard yeah, Athens sure. is just an yeah. unbelievable place on game days. It, Athens is, it's good. Athens yeah. is a hell of a party on game day. You, yeah, it's. And of course I'm, I'm maybe one of the biggest REM fans in the world and I've never been to Athens, which is, I, I, I will love to go there. Yeah. You'll love Athens. Um, I'm trying I think Columbia, not Missouri, but South Carolina can be underrated. You can have a you can have a pretty fun weekend in in, in Columbia. I have a pretty good time everywhere, but Gainesville, Tuscaloosa, yeah, those are the worst two. Gainesville for me. does nothing for me, and Tuscaloosa doesn't either. Yeah, Gainesville. I mean, I've never been on their campus, but it just seems like it's so, you know, disjointed from everything else. Like Tallahassee was pretty cool. When OU played there, um, although you know, not really a whole lot to it. 
but I imagine that's kind of what Gainesville is like a little bit. So I'm curious. Probably some, some bars that, you know, most of the students hang out at, you know, about two or three or something, and the rest of town's probably underwhelming. That's my guess. So I'm curious. You've covered this kind of stuff a long time. You're connected far outside of Norman, Oklahoma. When you hear these rumblings from people about, hey, the SEC's probably not done yet, and Jay Billis talks about an ACC-SEC merger, and Greg McElroy talks on his show in Birmingham about he just gets this sense that it's not done yet, almost kind of with a wink and a nod. And you hear the rumblings that Ohio State and Michigan are still pretty pissed off with the way that the Big Ten handled COVID. There's all this stuff going on. Is it, does your does your antenna go up the way mine sort of does? Where you're like, man, I'm kind of I don't know that I necessarily think something's going to happen, but I'm not ready to rule it out. You know, after after COVID, I kind of look at college football two ways, and you know, Big Ten's part of it, and and really, you know, talking to our Nebraska people just about their experiences in the Big Ten, it's kind of shaped my opinion differently on this, where where you have a certain amount of schools that you know a lot of what they do as a university, you know, keeps athletics in mind at the top of mind. You have other schools and universities where athletics are just a small part of who they are. And, you know, I'm thinking like Pac-12, although, you know, USC would be an outlier. Oregon would be an outlier. Um, Big Ten has a lot of those universities as is, is, is much that I think they kind of take for granted how much money they're making out of this now because some people made some smart decisions early on with their television network. Um, but, you know, things with the way, you know, cable and cord cutting and stuff is going, who knows if the Big Ten is going to continue to reap the benefits financially that they have. And if they don't, they're going to look a lot like the Pac-12, which is a, a collection of schools that don't really – care enough about sports to be forward thinking and could get left in the dust. And I think the SEC is the one conference with presidents that actually allow leadership to push them forward. I mean, the Big 12 and Bob Bowlesby, that's why the Big 12 is dying is because they've had Bob Bowlesby as their commissioner and he didn't do jack squat. Um he just kind of, I mean, he did allow them to play football, but that's because, you know, the presidents at Oklahoma and Texas and everywhere else, I mean, the, let's face it, in this part of the country, you were going to play football through COVID. I mean, you had people that still wouldn't wear masks when it was mandated in Norman. And, and, and Norman's probably the most liberal city in the entire state of Oklahoma. So uh, they were going to play football. But it just, you know, I mean, the, it just means more moniker is funny. But it's also true. And it's not just for the SEC. It's for this part of the country. It's for anyone that grew up, you know, play. I mean, Columbus, Ohio, you could transplant that place into the South. That Those people are insane, and yep. they love their football. Uh, it's just when you have schools that are athletics-driven, they're going to start congregating together, and I think that's what we're seeing. And the schools that aren't, they're just not even really paying attention. 
It's why when people start dropping, and I know we've kept you really long, and I apologize. It's why when no, I got nothing. I got our people. Trust me, I'm. I would rather do this than read through bylaws. <laughs> I mean, my brain is scrambled after the last four or five days. Yeah, I've, I've discovered a long time ago that I'm just not smart enough to necessarily dive too too deep into the legal stuff because you can just get lost. I have been on. I've been plugged in for so long, I forgot how much I hate people on Twitter. Like, that's where I am right now. And I just, I want, and it's not like the people that, you know, follow me. It's like the jackholes that have to jump, like the people that don't read Twitter for three days and then all of a sudden come on and start wanting to fight you over something you said three days ago. I think I should be able to murder that person. (laughs) I think that should be legal. (laughs) I have no problem with that. I I, I think it's fair game. I, what I was going to say was... Is, is are, are, are you a muter or a blocker? <laughs> Just curious. Yeah, you... More of a muter. Okay. And, and, and the other thing is, like, damn it, will you just learn how to take people out of your conversations? If you're going to fight someone in my mentions, please take me out. Like, learn how to take me out of the conversation. I'm not fighting. With, I don't give a shit, buddy. I don't give a shit about your opinion. Like, just stop. <laughs> staying in my mentions in your fights <laughs> what i was gonna say was when i start hearing specificity when people do that oh they just kind of randomly mention usc and they kind of randomly mention clemson and they kind of randomly mention ohio state michigan and someone goes so 16 and 4 that's how much and you're like so are you guys talking specific right now or are you just making stuff up hypothetically why do you yeah. keep having the same hypotheticals when they keep having the same hypotheticals i, I get alerted a little bit and like I know what everybody says about Clemson can't get out of the ACC. They've granted their rights for 12 more years, and it's going to be $100 million or whatever. And I, I just – every attorney I've ever talked to about contract law has always said, eh, contracts are, contracts are a problem, but there's always a way out. And I just go, hmm. I just kind of think. If you're the SEC right now and you're Greg Sankey and you're kind of going in for the kill, isn't that sort of how you would go for the kill? You'd take another – you just took the two big-name free agents and signed them both, Oklahoma and Texas. Wouldn't you just go get the one on the West Coast that really has national pull? Go get the one on the ACC that people in this part of the country are interested in and then go to the Big Ten and just take the names? And see, I thought about that, like, okay, if you wanted to try and save the Big 12 and you were willing to pay Oklahoma and Texas one and a half times revenue share, why wouldn't you just go to USC and Oregon and say, hey, if you come join us, we'll give you one and a half times revenue. But here's the problem, and I've learned this watching West Virginia join the conference. Dude, there's just no way to make that work with college kids. I mean, it's just... The travel involved, uh, how much that takes out of you. And I know football's, you know, 12 games a year. But when you have back-to-back weeks of flying out to Austin and then flying out to Lubbock and you're in West Virginia, that is, I mean, you have no shot. Like, at some point, you need to keep it somewhat regionalized with college conferences. I don't believe a national... With kids that are in college, with all the things that they have to do, and if, and it's always you guys know this, like how little time a college athlete has in the day. It's just like with the name, image, likeness stuff. You know, we've kind of bandied about how do we do this, 
uh, how do we how do we make that work with the limited time that these kids have where it's worth our while uh, it's worth their while like they just don't have a lot of time in the day because their schedules are so between lifting and practice and classes and study halls uh, and just fucking eating. I mean, sorry. Uh, I mean, it's just like to ask that kid to then fly across the country on the weekends and take that much more out of him. It doesn't work. I mean, if it, it works for professional athletes, it doesn't work for college kids. It just, I don't think it can be done. Uh, and and I don't think teams can play at a high level if they're doing that. I think you're right. I'm just and I, and I know what you're saying is exactly right. There's just something about the conversations that I've had here in the last 48 hours that I can't get some of this out of my out of my head. It just it feels like seismic shift. You know, it's I don't know how much attention. Oh, it's a sea change for for sure. I, I don't mean, how, yeah, I don't know how much attention you were paying to it, but Ross Dellinger a week ago yesterday the Monday of the, the the kickoff to SEC media days has this sit down essentially with Sankey, the SEC commissioner, where he's just blowing up Mark Emmert. He's just destroying the yeah. NCAA. And I thought, and Chase said this right away, boy, that feels like that was intentional. And turns out it, it was. Yeah. I mean, I, I really think that that's the next thing. I mean, as much as conference realignment, the hell, who the hell knows what happens with Ohio state and Michigan. I mean, I, I think that's a possibility. I mean, I do. Uh, and I think the Big Ten would have, you know, very little resistance to do anything about it. But the next big thing is when does college football split off from the NCAA? Because it's it's just funny because you, you keep coming against these things. It's like, you know, you had the BCS and everybody was like, this is bullshit. We need better than this. And so then they get the playoff. And they're like, this is bullshit. We need more than four teams. And so they, they're going to 12. It's like, no matter what bar you set, for some reason in college sports, I mean, it's like, we should, pay, the athletes should get paid more. Okay, well, they got, they get the cost of attendance. And like, that's not enough. They should be able to make money off the name. Like, it just keeps going. Like, when does it stop? When is anyone happy? When do we just stop and say, you know, these are college kids. It's not a professional league. And I know there are plenty of people, you know, old men yelling at clouds about that right now. But it's like we, no one is ever satisfied uh, in, in, in the, on the outskirts of college football. Everything always has to be uh, kind of seen as a slight or, uh, uh, you know, that they're abusing the system and the, the players and the student athletes. And it's just like. Next thing has got to be the NCAA goes away. I mean, that's the next thing that everybody's going to pound the table about. And it's inevitable. It's it's it's. I think I think the ball's rolling too fast now to stop it. I don't think there's any going back. I mean, I, I do. I I don't know how it. I don't know how you change it at this point. I don't know how the NCAA. And why do you quote, need the NCAA control. when you have name, image, likeness rules in place? Because you don't. I mean, the only real purpose the NCAA served was to keep people from cheating which they didn't do that at all either. So, you know, it was just a, it was, um, oh, what do they call that? Uh, you know, it was, it was a, uh, an illusion, you know, they, they, they weren't preventing cheating and they weren't really punishing people when they do get caught. Like Kansas is still running around like they never did anything in basketball. I mean, no one's ever said shit to them about that. So and they gave Bill Self a lifetime contract in the middle of all that stuff. So, so, Oklahoma's been recruiting on this super high level 
in the Big 12. They've been a top five program. I know they can't get over kind of winning a playoff game hump. hump but they make the playoffs every year. I would assume this is a giant boom for their recruiting, which was already elite as it was. Yeah, I mean, the thing about Oklahoma, uh, their defense has sucked. I mean, it's no secret. I mean, that defense that played Georgia in the <laughs> in the Rose Bowl, I mean, my God, that was the shittiest defense. <laughs> I mean, it was terrible. They had they had two players on that team that are playing in the NFL, and that's it. Like you should, if you're playing for a you know in a national semifinal, you'd have like five or six guys that are going to play in the NFL. I I mean, I'm telling you, their defense was pitiful. It was terrible. Oh, and I'm here to tell you, I thought it was pretty decent. <laughs> it's it's getting pretty good. It's it's a little weird. Like I know what you know Alabama looks like. It's a different. I'm mean, like I've been. I've covered a lot of Alabama bowl games. I mean, Oklahoma's played them quite a bit, uh, and and I've covered Clemson and like Alabama. Though, like you guys know this, like their entire roster, just a bunch of dudes. Like you see, and we see them at rivals camps and stuff. We know who the you know what the dudes look like, and Alabama has always had more of those than anyone else. Uh, and when when you see them together, you're just like, holy shit! Like man, they've really got a lot of dudes. And for the first time ever, I'm sitting here looking at Oklahoma's defensive players, and I'm like, that looks like Alabama. Like, that's they're starting to look more like Alabama now. And it is uh, – I mean, and last year they were pretty good. I mean, way better than they've been in the previous 10 years. So um, it, it's going to be interesting because they're – by the time they enter the SEC – their recruiting has been getting better, and it's been getting better on the defensive side of the ball. Um, they're going to be they're going to be a pretty good team when they enter the SEC, I think. And, and you know, Lincoln Riley keeps signing five star quarterbacks, and he hasn't proven that he sucks at developing those guys. Uh, so they're probably going to be pretty good at the quarterback position. They have landed a bunch of quarterbacks, just one after the other after the other. Three five stars in a row now. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're putting guys in the NFL. That's what the kids are looking for. I mean, that's... Yeah, when you have back-to-back number one picks as quarterbacks, it kind of helps. Yeah, that's why and Alabama that's they, like, recruits so Ohio well. Ohio State, Oklahoma, Clemson, those are really the only schools outside of the SEC that have recruited at a really high level. So, I mean, all three of those schools, you know, are involved in the college football playoff year after year. Oklahoma just, they've not got over the hump because their defenses have been shit. What's Oklahoma State's best option at this point? I I thought from the very beginning it was the Pac-12, but you know there is a huge political divide between what the Oklahoma State University is versus what the Pac-12 is. I mean, mm-hmm. it is the opposite of liberal. I mean, it is what you would think. Oklahoma is that's what Oklahoma State is like that that is so Oklahoma State Cal would be a a difficult uh, sell for you as a conference game I I know that Oklahoma would be in favor of playing that game but I think it's going to be kind of one of those Texas A&M things where Oklahoma State is the one that drives not playing that game and wow by their president's comments yeah uh they're clearly headed down that direction the problem is and i mentioned this yesterday like oklahoma has a strong wrestling program 
and Missouri is actually wrestling in the Big 12. So Oklahoma State's going to have to deal with Oklahoma as a wrestling team at some point. Still always, in their conference. I've always wanted to go to Bedlam, and now I'm, I feel like this is the year I really need to go to Bedlam because Bedlam yeah. is going to be full of just raw hatred. In Stillwater, yeah, you need to go to that one because oh yeah, that will be a lot of vitriol in in one building. That will be some seriously unhappy people that day. They need to produce it like uh, like Loudon Swain in Vision Quest, to where they're just, just they do that too. They put like a spotlight. They, the whole thing's dark, and they'll just spotlight the match the entire time. That's pretty cool. Uh, all right. I know we've kept you super long. Last thing, uh, you and I share an affection for the same uh, NBA team. What, what happens with the Thunder Thursday night? Oh, how about uh, the Shea Gilgis rumors, huh? I mean, I don't buy um, them at all. I mean, look, I don't know if they're true or not. If they are true, it kind of shows you that the Thunder feel like their rebuild is not soon. Like, they're getting ready to have to pay Shea Gilgis. And them putting him on the trade block, if that happened, it kind of shows you that they're willing to kind of reboot everything, oh, which yeah, it, is it a tells, little scary. It tells you they're doubling down on the tank, and I don't know that you, I don't know that you have to do that with him because they have so many draft picks. I mean, they have the draft picks that they need to have. I mean, it's like it was the same way with Boston, the same way with Philly. It's like at one, at some point, dude, you just have too many freaking draft picks. All right, I mean, like. You're going to get players. Start getting some players and keeping them. Yeah, I'm hoping they trade up to Cleveland spot and get Evan Mobley. Oh, I would love Mobley. Yeah, I mean, that'd be the guy. I mean, also, I am not opposed to them trading down and getting Mitchell from Baylor because I really like that dude. Yeah, he's just not their type of guy. They don't like guys that have been in college a long time. That, I know he's twenty three or whatever. Yeah, they view him as an old man. I've been in fight with. I've been in fights with people over this. Like, 23, are you serious? Like, who gives a shit? They do, but I don't. Eddie having fun with this? I think he's making, like, four videos a day just making fun of people. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it, it hurts the horns up for peace movement a little bit because it, <laughs> you know, it it kind of makes Texas likable right now, which... I should have made the damn T-shirts already. I'm going to lose a fortune off this. Um, <laughs> but in other ways, he is going to, once he he figures out the SEC, it's going to be funny. There's going to be some good shit to come out of this. Yeah, he's he's brilliant, the stuff that he does. I, I always I always enjoy it. I haven't. I need to go over there and look at what he's done so far. It's just been, been, uh, been busy. His current project is uh, he outlined – a set of guidelines that Oklahoma state needs to follow. And it spells out baby bro, <laughs> like baby brother. <laughs> I'll have to look for that. Hey, thanks for the time. Really enjoyed it. Kept you, uh, kept you much longer than I think you thought you'd be on, but I, it's amazing. I finally made it on, on the, uh, Neil and chase podcast. That's what we should have called. It was the Neil and chase podcast. We would make less advertising money, but, but chase and Neil, a decade ago, we didn't necessarily expect it to become what it became, so we <laughs> we, we, we made a few errors yeah, along the way yeah. early on. Yeah. Well, no, I, it, no, really, you guys have been pioneers of the podcast for Rivals, and, and I think everybody's always looked up to you. And you know, We started ours after years, and you guys were great at giving us advice and stuff. So 
Yeah, we always we you, we're your baby bros. We look at ourselves that way. <laughs> well, that's awfully kind of you. We uh we look forward to, to having you back on again. It's been a lot of fun, and we'll be we'll be talking to you soon. I hope. All right, fellas, have a good one. All right, Carrie, thanks. That was Carrie Murdoch, SoonerScoop.com. Their site, by the way, absolutely one of the very best sites, not just on this network, on all networks. They do some funny, funny stuff. They really do. Oh. They don't take – it's it's such a, the opposite of – well, the Texas site doesn't take itself super seriously. They can have their moments. They do have their moments. They have their moments. Yeah. That's the that's – the, uh, <laughs> you know, we've had a few of them over the – Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Quantred Will says hello. Well, that's kind of what I was thinking. Um, yeah. I, I talked to Eric Winter from outside the IPF at like eleven forty-five at night that night. It was, yeah, it was a it was a bit of a yeah. That was a oh for God's sake. <laughs> the night's already hard enough. Yeah. Can we just not do that yeah. on top of yeah. it? That There's, was more there, of like what was going. There's on. There's no reason to pile on right now. Yeah. Oh Jesus. Anyway, Kerry, he is uh, he's fantastic. We'll, we'll, I saw lots of approval in our stream. We'll get him back on from time to time as things uh, require it here on uh, on the podcast. So I know we're way over. I'm curious. We're probably just going to tape ads and stick them in. Yeah, in a we'll minute. do that in a minute. Yeah. What about you? You and I have not talked about this. We talked about other things when you walked in the door. We sure. didn't. We didn't talk about realignment and stuff. It is. I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts on it. it People do this thing where they go, and I do, I do it too. You reflexively go, oh, that's just a rumor. And then you start seeing who's putting the rumors out, and you're like, maybe it's not a rumor. I think they are planting some seeds. I think there are some trial balloons a little bit. I think you're gauging some reactions of things. I think it's the very infant stages of what may become something something that could be knocked down at any point. But I do think it's this idea and these thought and multiple avenues going together and going, hey, what does this look like? What does this do? And it, it's what I'm fascinated about more than maybe anything else. And at the end of the day, look, it's money and power is going to carry this because it carries everything. It is sure, what it is. of course. But I do believe that the transition to it taking on such a drastic look probably does need to take a little time and stages to it. I mean, I think that, you know, college football fans drive the sport because they drive the money. They're the reason that the money is where it is. And you can't go crazy upsetting the apple cart with their psyches a a little bit. I think there has to be kind of a gradual change to their psyches. Because, look, it's going to take a little while just for it to be, oh, I'm cheering for Oklahoma as a member of the SEC. Um, th- this is a league game now. You know what I mean? Just the way that happens. Is, is it happened with A&M and Missouri, but different. It, this is a whole other level because of it being Oklahoma and Texas than it being A&M and Missouri. Because, frankly, there wasn't a lot of interaction between the SEC and those schools. You know what I mean? It's one thing sure. to let them come in, and it's like, okay, we didn't really know you anyway, versus, hey, there's a lot here. There's a lot of kind of – Sure. Interconference rivalry stuff. There's some scar tissue. There's whatever in, in, in these situations. So that's what I'm fascinated about with the SEC is I, I, I don't have any issue if it ends up at 20. I think it potentially does end up at 20. I just think the product is so drastically different that that has to be PR managed in so many intricate ways and, and successful ways because I do think, Look, they'll come back. They'll enjoy the games. But I do think you run the risk of a certain college football loyalist 
losing some interest when it no longer becomes us versus them. It no longer looks like what it used to look like. And you can't even fake it. Like at 14, you can fake it. And at 16, you can fake it. Sure. Anything more than 16, and no, we're just a different game now. Yeah. No, you've become a professional league at that point. Yeah, you're just a whole different situation at that point. Here's what I think is going to happen. I think they're going to find a way for Texas and Oklahoma to play in the SEC in 2022. Because this one divorce year is going to be so brutal for everyone that everyone's yeah, that's the one thing with Kerry. We, we didn't really get into it a ton, and I know he mentioned twenty twenty five or when Oklahoma does join the league. I, I don't know exactly how it's going to be drawn up, but Oklahoma's going to play conference games in twenty twenty two. I agree. Yeah, and so when it's sixteen teams next year, there's going to be so much excitement. I don't know, let's use Ole Miss as an example. Yeah, sure. Our audience is Ole Miss. We just got through talking to Kerry. Oklahoma at Ole Miss. It's a huge game. Or even if it's Ole Miss at Oklahoma, how many people here would be like, yeah, yeah, I'm going I'm going to Norman for the weekend. I'm going to go party in Oklahoma City on Friday night, drive over to Norman on Saturday, tailgate all day, go to the game. The novelty of it, there's excitement, all that stuff. How many Oklahoma people would make the trip to Oxford to be like, I've not done this Grove thing, I'm doing it. I'm in, I can't wait, right? Yeah. So you get all that excitement the first time Texas goes to LSU or sure. – Whatever. I mean, you know, Texas at Auburn or whatever. Fill, it, fill in the blanks. Yeah. You have these new games. Now you get a, another Texas, Texas A&M game. The with, CBS music starts and it's Bama, Oklahoma. Yeah. Okay, I mean. Yeah. Well, ESPN says, I think we'll take that one. Thank you. Yeah. But, but yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. This is going to be a lot of excitement. Can they buy the music, though? I need the intro. I don't want like, to. That's the worst part. Yeah, Supposedly, they they're it. going to a something different. Okay. They're going to abandon it. Yeah. When it's done. Yeah, there is some sentimentality to it. I get it. But what I think happens is that you see the numbers that will come from those games. Uh, Sure. Where there's just this overall excitement that gets pumped back into the sport, into the conference. And I think you're going to see that's when the – what goes from a feeler from USC or Clemson or whoever, they go, hey, look, this, this isn't working. Yeah, I completely get it. There's just such a regionality to college football that even with Clemson, you go, okay. But there's a large segment of the SEC fan base that would have a really hard sell with the Ohio State, the Michigan, the SC oh, I know. being in the league. Oh, where I totally like, get it. No, I get it completely. Yeah. Good. Where you're not, you're like, the house, you're like, how is Ann Arbor, Michigan? How's yeah. Detroit, the SEC? Yeah. We've hated them for generations. They're no longer in our. At our table. But we're here now. Yeah, no, I agree. Columbia, Missouri is not the southeast. But again, they were irrelevant. That's my point. Is You've already got preconceived notions about certain programs. Ohio State, SC, Michigan are three of those. Notre Dame is one of those. Yeah. Missouri was, they were just a tree that fell in the woods. Nobody gave a shit. Yeah. And A&M to a point. It's like, okay, fine, whatever. Yeah, at the time, people were like, Texas A&M. Okay. You can't get Texas, so you're going to take Texas A&M? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm fascinated to see where it goes, but I think it does stick at 16 for a little while. 16 feels very palatable, feels good. That's what I think, too. I think 16 for at least a few years, mm-hmm. and then who knows what the future holds. But yeah, said this for a while now that every, everyone should probably stop underestimating Greg Sankey at this point. Oh, no. He's, he's been some Mike Slav type moves here, here recently. So. I mean, all look. I, I know. I know the 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 first one, as I say here, going to be embattled in a lot of different things. But one of the reasons why, other than recruiting footprint, obsessive fan bases, 
the SEC hitting on three straight commissioners like they have with Rory Kramer and Mike Slive and Greg Sankey. Yeah. You're talking about a long history of making a lot of correct moves to do so many good things to, to build the SEC into the power that it is today. I mean, Rory Kramer brought up, you know, he, he's the one that came up with the SEC championship game back in the day. Nobody else was doing that. I mean, there's lots of things here where they've been innovative yeah. and got things done. Well, we're today the only sports entity more powerful than the SEC is, is the, the NFL. NFL. Yeah. That's it. And the NFL's the unquestioned yeah, king. They just sit up on the throne and yeah, yeah. nobody even pays attention. No. Well, SEC's number two. Couple. The SEC is more powerful than the NBA or any other professional sports league other than the NFL. 553 miles from Bolt Hemingway to OU. I've done the drive. It's a long drive. I did do it on the way back from OU that day. Left, told Carson and Campbell, I'm like, we're not stopping unless you have to stop. Yeah. And they both fell asleep, and I made it in eight hours even. Did you really? Norman to Oxford. You flew. Oh, I was moving. Yeah. All right, back to another podcast tomorrow. I'm sure something will happen between now and then, and we'll uh, discuss that as well as more. Probably some more guests coming up through the week as uh, well on the Raptors Music and Food Hotline. So can't thank Kerry Murdoch enough for joining us today. Hope you guys have a wonderful afternoon. Stay cool because there's another heat advisory in the Oxford area. It's quite warm outside, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow.